Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula. That is the the voice of the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. We got Ross Lubinsky on the ones and twos, and you rocking with us on this Victory Monday, National Championship Monday. Uh, Man, it's going to be a fun one. We got you till 11 p.m. right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. CA, how you living? Living large, have a good time. It's a new year, and like you said, it's Victory Monday. Who ain't happy unless your team lost? Yeah, and you can't say that around these parts if you're a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we're, we're, I don't know. I was about to jump into it. You might be feeling a little bit like that if you're a Washington fan. Uh, Huskies, that is. They're they they're starting to settle into this game, but Michigan has a 17-3 lead down in Houston in the college football playoff national championship game. Well, shout out to Moody DeMare and Dutch Oven, Derek Holland. He's down there. Moody DeMare, you know he's he's locked and loaded. He's one of our favorite Tolos. Absolutely. And he's on the ones and twos in his garage getting lit. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of go blue um, that are excited right now, happy for this game. And so we'll keep you up to date with what's happening there. Also, um, look, man, we that's a big national game, but we, we want to keep it local. It's live and local programming the likes that you don't necessarily see this time of night unless you're listening to 105 through the fan. And so your stars are about to drop the puck on the second period. That's another good thing. Up in Minnesota. And a good thing about that is that your stars lead one to nothing. Yes, sir. They are Rope Hints with a, go- uh, with a goal in that one. And my bad to the young man who is in uh, who is in net for the stars. because his I was Matthew his- Murray. There we go, Murray. I didn't see his name about four times one year. Uh, just today. And I'm like, I mean, I know who he is, but his name always escapes me because he's got one of those double, gen- relatively generic names, Matt Murray. I never, I didn't know who he was. I'm like, where's Otter? That's all I was thinking was, where's Otter? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was surprised. I'm still surprised Otter isn't back uh, as of yet. But mm-hmm. you know, a lot of body. Man, yeah, he's still dealing with that. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of games played by Wedgwood, mm-hmm. and a lot of goals given up over the last so often. Weary, so, weary. Murray thus far. Looking pretty good, and we'll uh-huh. keep you up to date with what's happening there. But, of course, like One I mentioned, nothing. victory Monday for your Dallas Cowboys. They complete the 18-game schedule or the 18-week schedule of the NFL, 17-game schedule, 12-5 and five for the third season in a row, division champions, NFC East champions, and they get a big-time win where I'm – it is a big-time win, but also it's against the lowly Commandos 35-10. to 10. And, of course, as we do on a victory Monday – CA, who hooped in this contest? Let's just go ahead and, and and give props to the running game because everybody was concerned, well, at least get it running. It's the thing about it is, is you knew you're gonna probably beat Washington, 
but we wanted to see something from the running game. Tony Pollard, 17 carries, 70 yards, 50 in the first half, touchdown. The man was averaging 4.1 yards a carry. But on top of all that, Rico Dottle, nine carries, 46 yards, his longest run, 20 yards. It's like, wait a minute, you might have some complimentary football going into the playoffs. So the running game hooped. Yeah, it was good to see it. Oh, look, man. The way that the running game is going to be somewhat necessary in the in the postseason, we've we've discussed up and down. And one of the things I guess this will lead us have a, give us an opportunity to talk about is um, how much can you take from a game against the lowly four and twelve at the point of coming into this game, Washington Commanders, especially one that was so hurt. Do you feel like this is some level of I don't know, you know, precursor or you know, I don't know. Um, omen for the ways in which the running game can go in this postseason for these Cowboys, or do you just think this is a bad team that you're playing against and it was nice to see them put up yards? You got to just say, take it what you can get. Okay. Their football team, we know they're trying to pack it up by the second half, but at the same time, the schedule showed you who you had to beat, and at first it looked kind of dicey, and then the final score is what everybody thought. I predicted before the game, 35-10, to 10, it was 38-10. to 10. And again, No, it's 35-10, you got it? It's 38 was it 38? 38 to 10. Oh, you're they, right. They got their last field right. goal I'm in bugging. there. But it's 35-10 for a while. All I got to say is this. You can't complain about that. If you're a Cowboys fan, you better be glad they stomped them. You'd have some issues if you say, wait a minute, they were so raggedy and they got they were in by one point. You can say, well, they won by one point. All they needed to do was win by one point. They did what they had to do. There's other guys who hooped them. We're going to get them to you and give them their flowers as well. Yeah, and I think in that regard, before we move away from the running game, we sometimes – it's easy to fall into the trap of talking about the running game as if it is just the running backs. Mm-hmm. And the running game is heavily dependent upon your offensive, offensive line. line. And you did not have all of your starters in this game. TJ TJ Bass played a lot in this game, and he played very well. I was very proud of his play. I think your offensive line all the way around did really well, and I think that they deserve some credit, especially seeing the level, the ways in which there was a little bit of depth and they played fairly well. Again, in this situation where I know Washington is not giving you something impressive to play against, but those boys looked looked good, and I think that that matters. That's good, and it gives me a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of solace knowing that if you need to, especially considering Tyler Smith, that, that plantar fascia is not going to be reconnected immediately, right? And so if, the, if you have to call upon maybe some of your depth, Obviously, it's not what you want. However, it's not going to be catastrophic, I don't think. This is where the depth actually showed up. Zach Martin woke up sick, sick as a dog. He yeah. expected to play. And so for them to know it, to find out just before, you know, before they left the hotel, wait a minute, Zach ain't even going to be there. He wouldn't even at the stadium. And so for them to step up and for them to have, you know, a nice protection for Dak, Pro, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, a nice uh, opening up the holes for the running game, that looked good. The only thing they didn't look good on was uh, – they blocked the field goal yeah. for stopping the streak of, of butter. You know, Brandon Aubrey had that nice streak. He had never missed a field goal. First field goal he attempted, dude came right up the middle, right between the center and the left guard spot. I mean, the, the right guard spot. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get an opportunity to, to do our victory Monday nitpick. The week 18 ain't no different. Right. We'll still nitpick the win. Just, but just concern. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, let's concern from the whole season. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that at 9 o'clock here mm-hmm. on 105 Through the Fan. But we continue talking about who hooped. Who if, hooped? Look, how do you want to play this? Do we want to play this in the ways where we, you know, we get keep it simple and talk about the ones that are fairly obvious because they deserve it? Or do we want to get nitty-gritty? Because one of the fairly obvious ones 
is CeeDee Lamb. And for the reason yeah. why I bring up I bring that up also because like 13 receptions, 98 yards. 13 receptions on 30, 13 targets. And it just seems so evident, right? Mm-hmm. The the distribution of targets and all those things uh, made it very evident that they have leaned entirely into the idea that CeeDee Lamb is an elite wide receiver and should be treated as such, right? And almost in the Jerry Rice, uh, Randy Moss thought of, he down there somewhere, get the ball to him. You can see the ways in which Dak Prescott is looking for his guy. In fact, maybe you could say the interception was because he was staring down CeeDee because he wanted to go there. The defensive mm-hmm. lineman gets his hand up and pops it in the air. But I, I like that. I like that he mm-hmm. they have leaned into it as an offense or maybe just as a quarterback in Dak Prescott that that is your best player. He needs the damn football. CeeDee Lamb had 98 yards and two touchdowns on those 13 targets and receptions. Here's the deal about it. This man went somewhere no other Cowboy wide receiver has ever gone. He's He, he led the league in receptions. No Cowboy player. You can name every great wide receiver they've ever had. Not one of them has ever led the NFL in receptions. CeeDee Lamb did that. And here's what's so wild about it. Remember, he didn't get cooking until after the bye, after they lost to the 49ers, and he had to tell them, give me the damn ball. He had to go T.O. Remember that? People forget. Yeah. So imagine. Respectfully, they, though. Respectfully. He did it, you know, <laughs> in his own style. But at the same time, he had to tell them, look, give me the ball. I'm a dominant X. Imagine had they targeted him September and October, the first half of October. Just imagine what he had done. And here's what's so wild about it as well. You know they got some good receivers on this team as well. Yeah. But Brent. every defensive coordinator knew you got to stop CeeDee Lamb. They couldn't do it. Not for the last nine weeks either, becoming the first wide receiver in over a decade since 2012 to score in nine consecutive games, the first receiver to do so since A.J. Brown in 2012. I'm going to tell you something. Michael Irvin said C.D. could wind up being the greatest 88 of all time. Yeah. And that's saying something. Absolutely. Um, and it's why even in a game like where he hooped, did that feel like C.D. Lamb at the height of his powers? No. And that's I only think that's, 98 yards. His longest reception was 15 yards. Yeah, that, that's the thing that feels impressive to me. This felt somewhat a ho hum. Feels like a little bit too much of a downgrade, mm-hmm. but it felt relatively ho hum. And it's 98 yards, and it's a score, and it's two scores. It's hooping. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. My bad. Um, no, no disrespect intended to the man, Sidarian Lamb. Um, as we continue on, who who hooped? Um, look, man, Dak Prescott. Well, 31, 36 of well, 36, 279 yards, four touchdowns, and well, of course well, well. the aforementioned interception, mm-hmm. a passer rating of 124.4. Like, are we, are we to the point where people are going to simply appreciate uh, what he? Because I mean, no, they and, won't. They, they'll say, "Where's the ring?" That's sure. what they will always say. I don't care what he does until he wins the Super Bowl. And guess what they're going to do when he wins the Super Bowl? They're going to say, oh, anybody can win the Super Bowl if Micah Parsons on the defense. I'm serious. Yeah. They will never straight up prop give him his props. They didn't do it for Troy Aikman while he was playing. They waited till he was retired. They were like, how many first-team all-pros did he make? How many touchdown passes did he have? Because, ironically, Michael Irvin would always – catch the ball and get knocked out of bounds, get tackled on the one-yard line, and Emmitt would get all the touchdowns. Troy Aikman was extremely accurate. And then guess what they would even say about Troy? Well, he doesn't have any comfort behind victories like Roger Staubach. It will not happen until he gets a Super Bowl ring, and even then there will be the naysayers. Why? Because he plays for the Cowboys. It's just a fact. Yeah, man, Dak Prescott's been, like, very good in the way that he does this. In fact, when you talk about total EPA over the Mm -hmm. entire, like, the estimated points added by a quarterback or by a player in this in the league over the entirety of the season. Dak Prescott led. 
100 plus 178. Uh, second to or second was Brock Purdy at plus 177. Mm-hmm. We talk about the points that are added. Like mm-hmm. uh, Dak Prescott, even in a situation where if you could talk about him throwing off scramble drill all year, he led the league at plus 46. Yep. Josh Allen was plus 31 when we talk about that, and that's courtesy uh, Cowboy Stats and Graphics on Twitter. I appreciate that, man. He's um, the only quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys to lead the team in touchdowns. And, and he, went, he had 30, I think he had 34 passing, and he wound up with like 37 overall. overall. Bottom line is quarterback, first quarterback since uh, Roger. Yeah, but here's the deal. Rodgers shared it. I'm talking about solo Fair by enough. himself. There you go. And then Dak Prescott's the only quarterback in it. I think the last one was some Sammy, Sammy Barr or somebody way back in the day to lead the league in interceptions one year and follow it by leading the league in touchdowns. And yet he ain't going to get the MVP. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson in a nice, solid season. But guess what? Dak Prescott actually performed him if you look strictly by the numbers. Yeah, and I think that's that's where we acknowledge the narrative portion of this award. And it does stink for Dak Prescott because the, it feels like the narrative rarely leans in his it direction. Would, it it, it, he would have shut up the naysayers. Mm-hmm. Naysayer, please. Yep. He would have shut up the naysayers had they beaten Buffalo. Or had they beaten Buffalo and Miami, there would have been nothing you could say to the man. But because those games were lost, they're up. Oh, well, he's still, that game done nothing. Yeah, and uh, it's it's because one. This is objective because they vote on it. You know, yeah. it'd be different if it was a computer printout. You know what I mean? But you you can't do it. It's, it's people who vote. Right. I I also think that this is going to be. You know, this is the downside of having the. You know. The framework that the regular season doesn't matter for this team. It's all about postseason success. And mm-hmm. they're reaching the point where now is the time to prove that. As we continue to talk about who hooped in his 38-10 to victory for your Dallas Cowboys, I, I want to give some level of praise to the defense because we don't talk about the offense Let's all the way it. across. Um, can I can I give a shout-out to Donovan Wilson? Well. Who apparently is coming for me directly with his play, letting me know. That he's like, hey, I'm a safety in the real sense of the word. Like, oh, you ball, doubted that? Ball hawking is what I can do. Are as you well. saying that you you're gonna lay on your sword and say you give this man some look, props man, and I, you've been doubting him? Look, a mea culpa is necessary. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I I and look. You opened your eyes. Yes, yes. I I have, I have gained more information and I'm willing to revise the way now that I look at things. That's a smart man. Because a, a lot of people like to double down because they don't want to admit that I, they've got new information. I gotta admit, Donovan Wilson has been very good when it comes to the ball, playing the ball in the mm-hmm. air. Towards the end of this season, he's always been a physical safety that prides himself on doing it. You can see it in the way that he plays. Yeah, he led the team in tackles last year. That's how physical he's been. Absolutely. Another interception for him in this game. Mm-hmm. And that has been impressive and really comforting to me because I know the safety play towards the middle of the season felt Man. like it dipped. Yeah, it did. And J. Ron cursed too because he had the green light. But guess what? His back was killing him and he wasn't playing worth the damn in November. And so you have an interception there, and obviously an interception for Deron Bland. Well, that's nine now. And look, man, got to salute that young man yeah. for playing incredibly well and continuing to get his hands on the football. Let me tell you something. He's had 14 over his career. 14. The man's only been in the league uh, two years. This that's is his right. second season. Last year, he didn't play until uh, Jordan Love got, uh, Jordan, excuse me, Jordan um, Lewis. Lewis got hurt. Yeah. So think about this. Second half of the season, he got, I think, five picks last year. And then he wound up with nine this year, 14 overall. NFL historical leader with pick sixes. He owns Sam Howell, the quarterback for Washington, because he got him in Thanksgiving, and he got him again yesterday. Yeah. Uh, And while we're talking about secondary players in this defense, Mm -hmm. I also want to give a shout-out to Jordan Lewis, a man who is easy Mm -hmm. easy to get – you know, to be underappreciated. Underappreciated, That's the one. Get overlooked. You had the right word, C.A., 
Um, and there's been times over the course of his tenure here where he's mm-hmm. been more than overlooked, maybe denigrated in some ways. Yeah. And you can see the ways in which when you need physicality, he is willing to be physical, yep. even at his relatively diminutive size, right? You see him in the ways in which he shows up in the passing coverage. Man, big ups. Yes, 469. Big ups to Jordan Lewis, the Michigan man, mm-hmm. who showed up also in this game against the Washington Commanders. Speaking of the defense, let's go ahead and give him his flowers. Uh, yeah, Micah only had 14 sacks for the season. About time, He man. had 13 his rookie year, 13 and a half last season. He, he was, was like, I need 13, to get more. I get that 14. But I'm not going to give him props just for the 14. How about – he led the NFL in pressures. And this is while being leading the NFL and getting held. <laughs> so that's an unofficial those, stat. Unofficial stat, but we all know. We've seen the tape. Right. As he tells everybody, look at the tape. Yep. And you know they will have some meetings in the offseason with the committees to say, okay, what can we do to uh, maximize the, the, the game-watching uh, pleasure for the fans? All I got to say is, Micah, you did your thing. You might not get Defensive Player of the Year, but you led the league in pressures. Yeah, man. Uh, those are just some of the many Cowboys who hooped against the Washington Commandos. Week 18, your Cowboys now 12-5. and NFC East champions mm-hmm. and set to play against the Green Bay Packers the, uh, this coming Sunday in what the, what the NFL is calling Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't yes, know sir. if I'm going to go with them on their, on their particular branding of this. Y'all just add in more words. It's Wild Card Weekend. Like, wild what card makes weekend. it so super? Right? Like, what makes it so super? It's just wild card weekend. Yeah, ask the guy who anointed that. Let's say, dude, why is it super? Why is it super? I mean. Yeah, it's not the Super Bowl. No, it is not. Mm-mm. I mean, it, is, it begins the path towards the Super Bowl. From the 214, they, they are using their mathematic skills and, or their logic and reasoning skills, where if Michael Parsons got 13 in his first sacks in his first year, 13 and a half in his second year, <laughs> 14, 14 and a half year. next year. <laughs> there you go, 14 and a half next year. That. There you go. Y'all forgetting his age. He's going to get older and older and older. That's not, that's not the trend, CA. But get, you're right. And here's the other part about that trend. It's going to help him. When they change them rules up, he ain't going to be held as much neither. I mean, and this is the thing. He's so fast. I wonder Man. what the slowdown actually looks like, right? Because there's some things it's like, all right, you slow down relative to you. You still fast compared to me. You know the sacks will go up. And look, so I'm, I, he look, won't get held. Michael Pars has been incredible. And well. I, the one thing I got to say, and I'm sure the, the Joneses are not upset to hear this. Go ahead and get that checkbook ready. That's right. For him. Him and CD. For CD. Ooh, and Dak. And, yeah, his extension. Get, them, get that checkbook ready. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan on your home of the NFC East champion, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, It's the Get Right right here. I already said that part. Uh, Coming up next, let's get into what is termed Black Monday in the NFL, what's been happening around the league, and also not a Black Monday for your Dallas Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy, but what could make it a Black Monday at some given time? Does he have security? We discuss it next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105 through the fan, Reginald Datatula alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rocking with us on this Monday, this Victory Monday in the Metroplex. Uh, also around the NFL, it's Black Monday. Mm-hmm. And so we'll talk a little bit about the coaching carousel um, and what that what that looks like uh, in the National Football League. Are you saying that League. on Black Monday, coaches are on for sale, there's a special, and lines are out the door, and people are fighting to try to be a coach? Uh, that'd be an interesting way of looking at it. I imagine there's uh some people uh maybe like They've been one- hanging outside these stores because it's Black Monday. Yeah, some the some deal. of these coaches need to be hanging out. Oh, my bad, Black Friday, my bad. Um, now look, 
There, there's one particular uh, get that I imagine there's a couple of teams are looking at, uh, like they, like they, like a big piece of chicken. Mm-hmm. One of them happens to be uh, in an NRG Stadium right now. Mm-hmm. Another one happened to be uh, in DC this past or Landover, Maryland, uh, yesterday. We'll talk all about that as we continue in this segment coming up in about I don't know. Uh, my math is failing me, but in probably 15 minutes, we'll go around the NFL, some of the other things that happen mm-hmm. on week 18. But right now, um, national championship game, they are at halftime. That score is 17-10 in favor of the Michigan Wolverines. Been an interesting one thus far. We'll talk more about that later in the show. And your Dallas Stars, about uh, well into the second period, I should say, still lead one to nothing. Uh, Matt Murray doing a solid job in uh, in net for young legs, your man. Stars. Fresh young legs. There you go. Right out the minors. Absolutely. Um, now in the NFL, like I mentioned, Black Friday or Black Monday, you got me there. Almost said Black Friday, but Black Monday. Don't worry, Cyber uh, Monday. It <laughs> referred to <laughs> as such because the day after the final day uh, game of the season, you expect that many teams, if they are not happy with the performance of their team, would then jettison their head coach. Yep. Thanks, thanks for stopping by. Uh-huh. But we want to move in a d- different direction. We'll release you to your de- destiny, whatever other framework you want to use. Mutually agreed of parting ways, those things of that nature. There were already three teams that during the course of the season that have been fired, or coaches that have been fired from teams. The Raiders had fired Josh McDaniels well early into this uh, oh, yeah. thing. It, they they should have never hired him. Agree, agree. There's he's, he's already can't stand him. He was never coached to me. <laughs> well, he's already uh. Proved himself in a couple of situations to not necessarily be the best option. And this Ask is another one of those. Ask the people in Denver the first time. There's Denver. There's the time where he was going to take that Titans job and was like, actually, no, thank you. Or Colts, rather. Colts job. Colts job. And Got the whole staff and they said, never mind, I'm going to stay with the New England Patriots. And then all of them were like, I mean, even Uber, Matt Eberflus, the Cowboys linebackers coach, yep. he was going to be the defensive coordinator for Colts. And that's right. And he wound up, fortunately, they kept him. Yep. But that's see Josh McDaniel. Oh, I just. Don't even get me started, man. Carolina Panthers got rid of Frank Reich uh, in in the, in the midst of, the of his first season. Um, Who wants to work for David Tepper? This is two years in a row for him now. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be a big question to be answered by that organization. Mm-hmm. And the tough thing about it is he's got money to throw at coaches, but I imagine there's a lot of coaches like Ben Johnson of the uh, of the Lions office coordinator mm-hmm. who's looked up and be like, that's not good money, right? Mm-hmm. Not all money is good money, and that David Tepper money does not look like good money. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be interesting. Words, yeah, in other words, even any kind of assistant coach, you say, oh, they want to, you know, just not just him, but those who say, well, Dan Quinn, no, Dan Quinn ain't running off to North Carolina. No, I imagine out. he's got significantly better uh, options available to him. Thank you. Uh, than to go into a place where, and also, like I think Dan Quinn, who has already been a head coach before, remember, understands the value of having support in your organization. Oh, yeah. And the right framework and structure uh-huh. of the organization, which I imagine he's gotten some level of feel for being here in the ways in which he's been supported, especially by on draft night and acquiring talent. They've made sure to give him talent. You see the ways in which that goes, man. You got to be real careful about who you hitch a wagon to. Exactly. He ain't uh, thirsty like that. So the Raiders, Panthers, Chargers had already fired Brandon Staley as well. Mm-hmm. Couple more coaches hit uh, hit the hit the road, I guess. Atlanta Falcons get rid of Arthur Smith. Uh huh. After that game against uh, in in a yeah. you know division rivalry that is a hated rivalry the between Saints. them and the Saints, and they you, got whooped. Do you realize that's three years in a row that Arthur Smith was seven and ten? 
with Atlanta. Three years in a row. Yeah, that's 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 not gonna be it, especially if you're losing to the Saints in the in that path. Not only that, but the ways in which they got young talent, right? You talk about Drake London, you talk mm-hmm. about Kyle Pitts, and then of course B. John Robinson, yeah. and the ways in which all those guys were relatively mismanaged managed from an offensive head coach. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't abide by that. So he's gone. And then of course the guy that you saw just yesterday against your Dallas Cowboys, Ron Rivera. Basically, he he was he there knew. early. He knew. He was there early in his job to be the face, a mm-hmm. good face on a bad organization. And mm-hmm. since that organization has kind of turned over, um, now you can just look at the football of Ron Rivera, and that hasn't been good for a very long time. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah that, he, he is gone. So those are the five openings that exist right now. It's kind of interesting. You only had two actual firings when it comes to head coaches mm-hmm. over this uh, on this Black Monday how did you view that? Did you think that there would be more? or I mean, obviously, there's still opportunity for some other ones to open up. We're still waiting to see what Belichick does. That's what people are watching. You know, they're not going to quote-unquote fire him. They're going to have to figure out to surgically word it the correct way if he were to depart, and you're wondering where he may go, and the dominoes fall into place. But there's always some assistant coaches making some moves as well, and sometimes coaches throw their assistants under the bus to keep their jobs. I'm going to say this right now. The word yeah. leaking out right now is Wink Martindale is leaving the Giants. Well, he's actually resigned. Yeah, he's resigned. From the Giants. It's, it's official. After but a lot of people don't know that, so I'm saying it now. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then there's also word that Chucky's returning to the league. We're talking about John Gruden, but not as a head coach, but being a part of that Saints staff. That's yeah. what they're talking about. Which is, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm so surprised that Dennis Allen has managed to hang on to that job. And, 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 and again, we're talking about the assistant coaches and coordinators and whatnot. There was reports all weekend. David Moore was leading the charge, a longtime beat writer with the Morning News. That's my guy. He's, he wrote this story about, well, you know, DQ ain't going to stay here forever. There's going to be the perfect situation at some point in time that he's going to like. And then I've been calling it an Easter egg because you know what the Easter egg is, right? A little hint. Mm-hmm. At the end of that article, he had the nerve. I'm talking about my boy. <laughs> he's what he do. He said, you know, Dan Quinn and his wife. They do spend the offseason in Hawaii. And I only bring this up because Atolo mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You know how people say, they saw so-and-so's wife looking at houses, and that's how you know that's where they headed. This Tolo texted, yes, he and his wife live in Hawaii, and that's closer to L.A. than it is to DFW, and you know what opening's in L.A.? Chargers. That's a a very long – like that's such a long uh, flight for us to be like, well, it's close. So thus, but however, I mean, Dan Quinn has been a viable head coaching candidate for all of the years that he's been here, and, and then so, they throw in that he's worked with Kellen Moore before. And they can leave Kellen in place and let him just help him fix that defense and great stadium, and nobody's worried about the charges like any other. Ma- you know, there's like five fans in L.A. who like the charges. Charges of San Diego. Come on. Now, uh, you brought this up, so we might as well live in it for a little bit. Obviously, Dan Quinn has been – there's been a couple of off-seasons where I think the the general consensus was he probably goes on to operate his own, you know, situation, and he has managed to be retained. Jerry Jones prides himself on how he – I don't know if he was, has said explicitly, but basically Yo, put money on the table He's and said, you know, kept him here. Mm-hmm. At Denver, when they hired Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. it was between Quinn and Hackett, and they went with Hackett. And that because Jerry said, you don't want to go up there. Dan, come on. here." And so with that being the case, do you feel like that's something that can happen again? Or do you feel like this is finally the year where Dan Quinn takes his opportunity 
and goes and helms another uh, organization or operation as a head coach again? It's not a this or that, or it's not a yes or a no. Okay. It's a little bit more complicated. Number one, it depends on how far they go. But more importantly, we saw the last month of December and those three games in December. We're talking about Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. Dan Quinn's defense, all they had to do was hold it down, and they had game-winning drives, or Detroit thought they had a game-winning drive. At the end of the game, they didn't save the lead. So, in other words, if that worked to rear its ugly head, let's say against the 49ers in the championship game, and it was very painful, <laughs> Jerry might say, see you later. It's been real. Because as much as you, as good as you are and we love you, damn it, the trend is there. You cannot hold it down when the offense gave you a lead with two minutes left to play. And so that might be walk away. So, in other words, it's more complicated than, mm. well, you know, he was good and the defense looked great and all that, but, you know, I don't want to pay him head coach money no more. It's the way it goes down. And that, that also applies to Mike McCarthy because – his name was thrown out around a lot in the last week. I don't thought that was unreal. His day was throwing his name out. Well, that's the interesting thing is uh, looking at Mike Sandoz, you know, put together of basically the coaching carousel at The Athletic. And I mentioned the, the ones that are open. The one that's clearly likely to open, as you mentioned, was the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. We're, I mean, it just feels like that thing is written out as course over a long yes. time, mind you. But it feels like that they might just need to change. Oddly enough, the teams looking safe are the Bears and the Saints, and the Bears are a very interesting one that we can get into it well, in depth another time. They love them now that Josh Fields has found himself. I'm talking about Eberflus is sick. That's what everybody's saying in Chicago. Yeah, but the, Lou Getze as offensive coordinator definitely needs to make a move. Now, the potential surprise in here is the Dallas Cowboys, and I think that's interesting because there, I think you can make a reasonable case on either side of this when you mm-hmm. talk about – this is a team that under Mike McCarthy obviously had the first season that was not good with Mike Lowell and his defense coordinator and all that. But since then, COVID year, 12 and 5, mm-hmm. 12 and 5, 12 and 5, and 12, 12 and 5. Never been done before with the Cowboys. Jimmy has some outstanding teams, but one year they won 11 games. I'm talking about Jimmy's last three years, and two of those were Super Bowl years. At, with that being said, Mike McCarthy, believe it or not, there's no team in the league right now, the last three years, has won 12 games in a row three times. Even the Chiefs, the closest were the Chiefs, I think they had 11 wins one year. But that was it. That's it. So he's at, but that's regular season. Exactly. But the bar is higher in Dallas. The expectation, as Jerry put it, is uh, the pedigree is the Super Bowl. Sure. The birthright is the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Even though the 21st century has not been kind. Yeah, and uh, look, you can absolutely maybe make the case that the Cowboys, the MO of the Cowboys has been, Good seasons akin to 12 and 5, but not getting it done when it matters. And so you could then turn that around and say, well, you've been given a certain amount of time. And if this is if this is not going to be a thing that it feels like over, I mean, a relatively short period, but having a few chances at it that you're not going to be able to climb the mountaintop. Jerry, as Jerry says, he, he don't got time to have a bad time. Well, this last game yesterday. Jerry said he was vague, he was vague, but he was he wasn't vague negative. He was vague like, well, we have to see how the playoffs play out. Yeah, because that's the right answer. It really and truly is because the last thing you want to do is, oh yeah, Mike's going to be here, and then they fall flat on their face. Let's say, not even the 49ers. Let's say for some reason Green Bay comes in here and does something crazy, and the Maver- the Cowboys look crazy. Look, put it like this. Maybe they look as bad as they did against Washington in the last regular season game a year ago. In other words, let it play out. It's, it's hard for fans to, to do that. 
Yeah. Ranger fans had to learn that. you got to let it play out. Yeah, letting it play out, I hear you. But I think also the odd thing about that is that then you are weighing individual games more than these big sample size of putting together a good team. So and what I'm would not, you do? You going to let it play out or are you going to fire him? I'm asking you now. Well, I mean, it's not really so a decision words, to make. Cho- well, what's the choice? Do you let it play out or do you say he's fired? No, I think you obviously have to let it play out. But so I where think that the logic. Well, I'm getting there, CA. I think the logic that it's funny to think about the logic of these individual games that we've made more important than the big sample size of creating a team that is capable of doing that. And like the idea being, if you have a team that's good enough, after enough time, eventually they will break through. Mm-hmm. But I think that football is such a small sample size sport that you can't operate on the logic of sample sizes because you don't have that exactly. much time to work out. Okay, well, if you're let good alone, enough. Let alone injuries. And you so, never know. And so you almost have to operate just a little bit illogical. And I wonder I wonder if, you know, if they're maybe not able to get past the Packers or if they lose in the divisional round again, if – Jerry Jones ultimately says sign R. Well, again, it's the way it plays out, and that's why you have to let it play out because even the 49ers did not go to the Super Bowl last year. Why? How about Brock Purdy got hurt in the in the uh, in the playoffs? So certain things can happen that you just can't necessarily say what's well, the coach's fault. So you have to let it play out, and that's what Jerry said. We're just gonna let it play out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. He he can't say, well, he better get to the NFC Championship game like the fans want. I mean, all eyes are on Dallas and all eyes are on Mike McCarthy for various reasons. And it starts on Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon against uh, the Green Bay Packers, 325, your Dallas Cowboys with an opportunity to uh, start this thing off, right? This this is probably the best position that they've been in a few years. Not a few. How about this century where they're the number two seed and all they have to do is keep winning? They have at least two playoff games on if they continue to win. Wow. They have never had this great of an opportunity. So, Mike McCarthy, uh, knock on wood, you don't have the injuries, and it plays out the way you want it to, and you keep your job. Yeah, co- coaching for your job in a weird way. In a yeah. weird way. 12-5, <laughs> but second in the NFC, NFC East Division champions, mm-hmm. and coaching for your job. It, it's the life of being a Cowboys coach. Coaches are hired to be fired. That's right. And, we look, man, we we saw some of that. There's still some mm-hmm. of it coming, and we are going to be waiting with bated breath at that so the same thing is going to befall your head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's go around the NFL, talk about some of the other things that happened yeah, on buddy. Week 18. Um, I guess they called it the, the season finale. We'll do that next on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Get right right here on 105 Through the Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rocking with us here 
on this Monday night in the Metroplex. Ross Lubinsky's on the ones and twos as well. Thank you, sir. Um, coming up in about 12 minutes, we will get into our Victory Monday nitpick. Talk about some of the things that maybe we didn't like in the game against Washington and maybe about you know, the entire course of the season, uh, 18 games or 18 weeks of the regular season. Um, but right now, I should give you an update. The Stars, in the second intermission of their game at the Minnesota Wild, a little bit of a return home in a way for that franchise, mm-hmm. and they lead one to nothing over the Minnesota Wild. Re- really need this one to kind of get stem the bleeding, first of all, of mm-hmm. losses and, you know, get back in winning ways, but also, in a way, stem some of the uh, goal allowances. They've given up four goals, many four-plus goals, many times, way too many times this season. And so, currently, Wild have not scored, and that's exactly what it feels like they need right now. And they got Matthew Murray straight from the minors in goal. He's already got 21 saves. Yeah, doing a fantastic job. Oh, man, this Stars team needs it, especially without Miro as well um, mm-hmm. as a defenseman. So, uh, Also, the National Championship game still going in Houston. Yes, sir. Michigan adds another field goal on top, 20-10. to 10. Michael Penix, by the way, got stepped on um, as yeah, he's trying good. to get a pass off, maybe his first pass off uh, in Ready the pass. third quarter. And so he throws an interception. Kind of crazy to see. And that allows Michigan to go up uh, 10 points, 20 to 10. A lot of of interesting football still to be played down in Houston. But right now we go around the National Football League here here on the Get Right. And I guess let me start by pointing to, um, let's see, where do we want to go first? I do want to point to this because I want to utilize some audio. Um, The end of the NFC South uh, matchup between the Falcons and the Saints. Did you see this? I heard about it. Okay, so what happens is the Falcons are, or sorry, the Saints are beating up on the Falcons. I believe beating the score at that down. instance is 41-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. And so Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, puts them, sends them out in victory formation. I mean, Derek Carr's not even in the game. Yeah, right? taking it. Take ja- it. Jameis Winston is in as the quarterback. They're going, getting up there, and they are supposed to take a knee. Um, except they get in that victory formation where everybody understands, all right, this thing's over. You're going to take a knee. We're going to get out of here. Run the clock. And then they hand the football off to, uh, what's Jamal, what's my guy's name? It's Jamal Williams, I believe. And they run it in for a touchdown. And it's hilarious to watch, mind you. Um, however, uh, there's a little, there's a lot of anger. Arthur Smith, now fired, oh, yeah. head coach of the Falcons, gets out there during, uh, the, you know, end of the game where coaches meet up, calling, saying that it's BS. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Allen says that he knows, and this is cut 22. Dennis Allen actually got on the podium after the game and apologized for that. Start off by apologizing to Arthur Smith and the, and the Falcons. Um, that was not a play that we intended to run down there to finish out that game. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. Uh, we should have taken a knee. So uh, I want to apologize to them. So if you say, hey, man, Dennis Allen wanted them to go out there and run the, or put the knee down, they went out there and ran a football and scored a touchdown. How did this happen? <laughs> Cut 23, please, where Jameis Winston, the quarterback on the field at that time, says, oh, no, no, we decided. <laughs> well, I apologize to D.A. Yeah. because the play was, was victory. Yeah. Uh, but I also explained to D.A. that it was a team decision. Yeah. And, uh, and I think when you have the, a team morale, and I asked the guys, I said, guys, like, what do you, you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team. And, and I understood from D.A.'s perspective. So I, I, I give him that. Yeah. Yeah, but D.A. didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it. And, man, we got an interception to the one-yard line. Yeah. You know, like – yeah. So if, if 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 we would have scored, 
would it still would have been disrespectful? There you go. Jameis Winston basically saying, we decided as a team on the field, bump that victory formation. We're going to go out here and run the football. <laughs> now, there's, there's multiple things. There's but, levels to this. What, what part grabbed you, CA? And then I'll add the part that grabbed me afterwards. That Jameis, they kept asking him every kind of way. And he's like, no, nah, man, we decide. It's like, wait a minute, you're going, up against the co- you, you're going against your own coach? And he was like, yeah, he said that. And I understand, however. And then I, I do love the part where he gets out here it, and he's like, I mean, it was 41 points. on. Basically, he's like, there's 41 points on the board. And these seven were the ones that got you? Word. But no, uh, Swaggy Booties is right. I, I, this is the part where I definitely side with DA and I side with Arthur I Smith. You get out in victory formation, and there's an understanding. Yeah. There's a tacit understanding by everybody right. on the field. Okay, we're not playing anymore. Right. That was the whole point. If they had been in a regular formation or whatever, just stop the run. And so nobody go, nobody's going to go up there and challenge yeah. your offensive lineman, right? Right. You ain't going to hurt the quarterback. Yeah. And so the ways in which you're able to get a push in that run play is because the defense is basically like the game is over, and this is how people get hurt. Right? Exactly. You don't go out and half-ass football. That's mm-hmm. not how this game is played because that's mm-hmm. how get people get hurt. And I understand from Arthur Smith's perspective why he looks up and he goes, that's BS. However, it's still hilarious to see. Oh, it's hilarious because of the chaos. And the most hilarious part, portion of this is that you have Jameis – Winston as the spokesman for this and I he's just the most unintentionally hilarious person mm-hmm. um so yeah that, that was a wild thing that happened at the end in week 18 some other things that happened around the NFL um I did want to mention Derrick Henry was talking after their win in Tennessee earlier or on week 18 King Sa- Henry yeah it sounded like I mean he he got out and I don't know if I need to play the entirety of this audio but Derrick Henry had a message to the Titans fans and we might as well play it. This is cut 21. Tell me if this sounds like somebody who intends to play there next year. Titan fans, I just want to say thank you for the greatest eight years of my life, the ups and the downs. Y'all been there for everything, through the adversity. Watch me grow as a person and a player, always supporting me. Um, I love y'all. It was a nice win over Jacksonville. He, he, he gone. In fact, he thought he was gone on draft day. Google it up. His friends had told him, you are traded, man. And then he winds up in Tennessee anyway. He likes Tennessee, but it's like they won't give him the ball anyway. And, you know, he lives here in Dallas now. And, you know, the guys at his gym where he work out, they were confirming that's what he was thinking back on draft day. Well, he made it all all too apparent in that situation. So, looks hey, like he'll be playing somewhere else. I coach know coach one, one out of there, too. He wants to uh, – What's the coach's name? He used to be Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. Former linebacker for the Patriots. Vrabel said he won't. If Belichick's gone, he want to go back to New England and coach there. I know there's a lot of people that are interested in that possibly happening. Um, and maybe this, maybe uh, the Titans being able to get that win and stop the Jaguars from um, winning the AFC South, maybe that is why the Jaguars fire defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell um, and mm, multiple mm, de- defensive mm. assistants uh, on Black Monday. Uh, Peter Doug Peterson, who was the head coach there and probably was uh, doing that in part to save his job, said earlier yeah. Monday that he was still processing the disappointing end to the season where they lost, I believe, five out of the final six Good games. News. It was bad. Um, and so he's still processing the disappointing end and was going to take some time before making staff changes. And apparently that time was less than a day because there you go. Um, the defense coordinator gone. Yep. He walked a plank. <laughs> uh, from the two, all right, so I knew this was going to happen, so let's do this. From the 214, I'm all in on uh, Henry and Pollard. Me too. I ain't mad at you, that. So you want to sign both of them? I, I don't think that you sign both of them if you do that, No, right? no well, put it like this. You talk to Pollard's agent and talk about a reasonable deal. 
You know what I'm saying? He already got the franchise tag money. It's not like he think he's some superstar. Come on. I'm just saying you talk to him first. Well, you know who does think he's a superstar? Who? Derrick Henry. Also, mind you, in that game, watching Derrick Henry run, how is he still doing that in year eight? That's what I'm saying. That's what I was wondering. I can't believe it. That's, he is built like a Mack truck running that fast still. That, that's what I'm saying. Give him what he needs, and then Pollard, guess what? You, you want to stick around? We can still make it like thunder and lightning. Come on, man. You want to run, run it back? Let's run it back. Uh, real quick, speaking of uh, him being built like a Mack truck, I still think one of the funniest sports photos I've ever seen was when him Derek next Henry, to, uh, next to Mark Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And having been on the same field as that man one time, no, not playing against him, I'm not insane. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's not fair. Those those should not be. We shouldn't allow him to play with the other kids. But he does, and he does it really well. Um, and – there's a lot of other things that happen in week 18. We'll see. I'll say some of those. We'll come back around when we get you your headlines at 10 p.m. But that's some of the things around the NFL mm-hmm. on the Get Right right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, let's get into your Victory Monday nitpick. What are some of the things that you still desire to be better or some of the things that maybe just weren't quite right in week 18's win against uh, the Washington Commandos or maybe just the way that you feel about the Cowboys in general? We'll do that next on the fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.